That's big time. It is big time. Welcome back into the Plank Show. We were talking about Live Golf during the break, and the report this morning, Charles Barkley had said, uh, I think jokingly, that he'd kill for the kind of money Live Golfers were making. And then they called him. <laughs> Live Golf did? Yeah. So I was like, Charles, so you'd kill for this kind of money. No, but literally, they want to have him and Faraday. And- oh, my goodness. That'd be so good. Wouldn't it? All that's – it's great to have you here, Barkley. Um $90 million is one report that Cameron Smith has been offered to join Live Golf. You said, well, you've heard like 115 mil? Yeah, you see all sorts of no- different numbers. And I didn't realize, again, like I said, golf fan of playing the bit, uh, the game, not the smartest guy in following what's going on right now. But um, I didn't realize Greg Norman had such a vendetta against the PGA. For a long time. Yeah, he and the PGA are not in a good spot. I think How about this? And Aussie wins the Open Championship, is the champion golfer of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And G- Greg Norman, right, was the last, I think, to do that. And, and he's not there. Right. He's he's barred by the RNA from the event, which I think is really kind of a shame that it got to that point. Is somebody cooking something? Or yeah, somebody mean- made an early lunch. Somebody made an early. How lunch. are we smelling that from all the way in here? It, it smells. It's like mashed potatoes. Right. Go ahead. I'm gravy. Right. 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 Somebody make like a nice TV dinner or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's um. Hey, who's cooking? <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. I'm supposed to be getting lunch here at this deal coming up in a bit, but that is uh. At least it wasn't fish. Yeah. Well. I got whenever I went to that deal with Trey Young, I got some uh, salmon. There was a little leftover. I was thinking about bringing it in work and microwaving it and just leaving it in there. Do you think Teddy would be happy with that? No, I do not. Hey, it's time for the top five stories today. But first, let me tell you about our threes sponsor, the great people at Roof Tech. Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. 405 703 42 Four five. It's time for the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. Big story number five. Newcastle Casino has the best reels in the metro. Join us for happy hour Monday through Friday, three to six p.m. Newcastle Casino off five forty four exit one zero seven. Yesterday, more good news continued for the Oklahoma Sooner uh, baseball team. Sorry, trying to make football team. Uh, as more players were drafted, Jimmy Crooks. Blake Robertson, Tanner Treadway, and Trevin Michael. Here's where they went. Crooks went in the fourth round to the Cardinals. Robertson also taken in the fourth round by the Rays. Treadway is on his way to Pittsburgh. He was the 290th selection overall. Uh, And Trevin Michael went to the Tigers 297. They were taken in the 10th round. The Sooners had seven players selected in the first 10 rounds of the 2022 draft. Setting a program record. The previous high was six in 2009. Oklahoma's four selections in the top four rounds this year ties the program record, which was set back in the 2020 draft. Seems like um, seems like Skip Johnson does a good job of getting these guys ready for the draft, does it not? He's all of a sudden really compiled a nice yeah track record at Oklahoma. The Kate Horton pick, the you know cherry on top, but. Just the collective strength and uh, draft profile that Skip Johnson and his staff, right? I mean, we we got to give credit to the rest of the staff here, too. They've done a really good job, and 
it's no surprise. You go on the type of run that Oklahoma went on to get to Omaha, that gets people's attention, and it's going to get players drafted. Simply, simply put, I'm very perplexed by something that just happened on my text. All right, we got to talk about this real quick. We're interrupting the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day for this. Um, I was texting with one coach, Patty Gasso. Yes, one of my dearest friends, one of my best friends on the planet. And we were going back and forth on what time we needed to arrive at the event we're going to today. And I sent her, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's my plan. She liked the, the, the text, which is a big – I like, you know, you can like, explanation part, heart, whatever. She removed the like. Ooh, that's power move right there. I don't know if I'm in trouble right now or what happened. Or but. she's, you know, going to just, like, reply instead. We're on 15 minutes now, Josh. Maybe it's <laughs> – Maybe something we've said in the last few minutes. Am I going to show up? Am I going to show up today at the Jimmy and Patty's going to have me running, uh, running the course? It's like, all right, listen, you start your sprints right now. I've never seen that happen before. All right, big story number four. <laughs> Removing a like from a. T- I didn't mean to like that. Oh, funny story. I was uh, late last night. One of the guys at uh, Pac-12 Radio texted me, and uh, I'm like, listen, I or called. Called it like 11 o'clock last night, so I thought, oh, no, what I break? And, of course, you send it to voicemail because I'm not going to answer if you call me unless it's you, Piers, Casey, Brian, uh, Casey and Brian, I should say. Make, make Teddy, if Teddy or Toby call me, I answer. Josie. But most of – I mean, no offense, but most of all, y'all, you're going to voicemail. Sure. Right? And then, yeah. I'm, gonna, and then I'm not going to listen to the voicemail. I'm going to read the transcription of the voicemail because <laughs> yes. I'm a weirdo. And then I'm likely going to reply with a text. But he had called me, so I replied with a text, hey, a kid sleeping next to me can't answer, everything good. And he was asking me to come on. And when I replied, I, I sent a laughing face emoji and then two like of the kissy emojis somehow. I guess my fat thumb hit it. You were trying to send like a thumbs up or something? No, I'm a big three laughy face whenever I reply to a text. When I think it's funny, I'm going to send you three emojis. I don't oh, know why. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, I don't know why. You. I don't know why. It's just a thing. I read somewhere online it means you're crazy, so I'm probably crazy. Well, it does kind of give the impression that you're laughing maniacally like right, a joker. exactly. Um, but I accidentally sent like the kissy face emoji twice. So then I had to call him. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. Um, I did not mean to send that. I think you should have just left it. Really? So let him let it see up how, for his interpretation. Huh. We are at a very interesting place. I don't know if I'm close enough with him, but if it was someone else, oh, like okay. if it was yeah, Tre- okay, yeah, if yeah. it was Robbie Trolano or if it was Josh, maybe I would. That's a good point. We are at a very interesting place as a society to where you can send three crying face emojis right. and really you're not laughing right. that hard. Right, exactly. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. It's not really that hard, but I'm giving the I guess the insinuation that it is too. It's 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 very appreciative. Sorry. All right, big it's- story number four. It uh, it sounded like this last night when Juan Soto got it done. He keeps going. He's down on the knee. He's got it. Bat is flipped sky high, and Juan Soto is your 2022 Home Run Derby champion. It's the most energy that Carl Ravitch showed all night. Holy smokes, man! Number one, put the guys in the air conditioning. All right, that's a little ridiculous. Number two, get him some coffee or something. Or get Boomer back. Well, I guess he was back a little bit. They were just, it was like, there's one that's gone. All right, here's the next pitch. And now the one that's gone. They're treating it like it's a Sunday twin bill or something. It's like, let's. it's a home run derby. Part of the reason we watch is for the craziness. We do need Boomer back. Back, 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 back to the warning track. One, one event a year. One event a year. 
And that's it. Just have him do the home run derby. That's all I need. I don't need him doing highlights. I can watch highlights anywhere. Just one game yet. Assuming he's in good health. Um, Juan Soto was obviously asked about his future with the Nationals. Right now, I don't even think about it. I think I'm, I'm a champion, and I will be a champion for the Nationals. Might be the only championship they get for quite a while. Uh, and he was competing in the semifinals against Albert Pujols. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, face one of the legends of Dominican Republic is one of the things of the best. Anything else kind of stand out? All-Star game tonight. Kershaw getting the start for the National League. Yeah, I'm excited for the All-Star game tonight. I wasn't in. I wasn't in on the home run. I watched a little bit, but I didn't sit and watch the end of it. Chavez Ravine isn't known as a place where people hit bombs. I mean, if it's at Coors Field, right, if it's maybe uh, at uh, Minute Maid Park where it's kind of a short fence, I mean, I'm I'm into it. But Chavez Ravine, yeah. I need to get a two-TV setup for my room and really every room in my house because – Girlfriend's not into watching sports. She can okay. watch what she wants and then quick quick little sidebar. You don't want that. Because if you do have that TV set up on sports, that's where all of your attention is going to be and it's going to lead to issues. That's just my own personal. Really? That's been my experience. Whenever I tried to do that, it quickly became as like, you are you are you watching this and I'm like, "No, I'm watching this." And it became a problem. Now, your girlfriend might be much cooler than my girlfriend now. Why? Probably not. Yeah. It's, well, why can't – I just want us to do something fun together. It's exactly. Like, it's like – Wait. Ugh. So are you not going to come in here and watch this with me? No. <laughs> no I'm not. I want to watch football. I want to watch football. I'm not going to go in there. But it's a football game from a year ago. I, I need to prepare for the listeners. I, they want me to watch this. I'm trying to be educated. <laughs> All right. Um, did I do big story number three? All right. Big story number three. So, Big 12, our SEC Media Days continue today. I found this pretty interesting from Nick Saban about collectives. Quote, collectives create an opportunity in a legal fashion to funnel money to players. I'm okay with that. I'm not sure if that's a sustainable model, but I'm okay with that. I'm trying to protect the integrity of college athletics. Um, I think there's there, there's no creative. I mean, Barrett hit what he said because I heard it during the break. But, yeah, I'm curious about collectives. Let me give you an example. What was a big story that broke last night about collectives? Were you following this on Twitter.com? No, I was totally tapped okay. out. The big story on collectives last night was Texas Tech. And according to a report, um, there is a new collective for all 85 scholarship players plus 15 of Texas Tech's walk-ons where an oil and gas executive who is a member of the Matador Club Board of Directors and a former Texas Tech offensive lineman has created this collective, which will essentially sign 100 players total to $25,000 a piece in IL contracts. Now, the report from, let's see, who had this? Cody Campbell. Um, I guess Cody Campbell's the guy. I mean, isn't that basically a booster? Said the players will be expected to do community service and charitable work. Not only is he a booster, he's on the board of directors, and the website has Texas Tech logos all over it. It's like the definition of what is not supposed right. to be done. I mean, this is a cool story and all, but it couldn't be more against all the rules that are out there right now when it comes to collective. I really like, and I'm just going off of what I cover and spend time you know, writing and thinking about, I really like the Iowa City NIL Club Collective. $199 fans can pay to have – Exclusive access, meet and greets with the players. Right. You get access to a members-only tailgate, and then you get digital content that is exclusive from the players that other fans don't get. And go, guess what? 
All of the proceeds go to the players and participating players divided up. That's what NIL was supposed sure. to be yeah. about. Um, I think I not think, this. Yeah, tech is gonna end, and it sounds great. And you, oh look, we're paying them twenty five grand, but this is everything that collectives aren't supposed to be. <laughs> right, a I big mean, rich oil exec, uh, oil and gas guy. He, paying everybody twenty five thousand. He's the guy in charge of it. Is a Texas Tech regent. He's running it as a five hundred one c three, which obviously opens up issues with the IRS to begin with. They probably could end up in an interesting spot with the NCAA, but I would imagine that the highest levels of people at Tech are like, go for it. I mean, I would. If I was Texas Tech, go for it. We'll we'll handle everyone because if they're going to try to come after us, they're going to going to come after everyone. But I do think Tech could find themselves in a tough spot because this guy is a regent. And that's a little bit different than everything you're seeing out there right now. Yeah. Anyway. That's dangerous. SEC Media Day stuff. Greg Sankey was asked about the future of, well, I mean, I don't have to lay it out for you. Here's a Q&A on whether or not Oklahoma and Texas could be coming to the SEC sooner rather than Greg, later. do you anticipate maybe Texas and Oklahoma coming in the league early ahead of time? That's not up to me. That's uh, about the relationship between uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12. We are focused on the addition being effective July 1st, 2025. Um, and then speaking of NIL, it was interesting to hear him talk about the NIL deal. We did have conversations that if there's not a national standard, we need to explore if we can have common state laws among our 11 current states, eventually to be 12, to support healthy name, image, and likeness activities. Uh, and then one more on NIL. A national standard would mean that high school juniors and seniors and their families don't have to sort through dozens of different state laws or institutional policies where state laws don't exist. It's an unfair way to treat young people making a college decision. Yep, it's fair. All right, um, big story number two. We got much, much more, much more from Big Twelve uh, SEC Media Days. I've got, let's see, who all do I got? Nick Saban. I got Lane Kiffin. I've got, uh, what's the coach that went to LSU? Brian Kelly. <laughs> I'm sitting here scrolling through. We're doing around the horn next. I'm looking at it, and it's right there in front of my face, and it says Brian Kelly, and I couldn't spit it out. Yeah, the, the dorky guy that dances. There you go. Big story number two. Um, Josh Helmer, have you heard the latest report from one Deshaun Watson and his camp. Now, again, I should be clear. It's not from Deshaun. It's on Deshaun Watson. Mike Florio believes that we could be looking at a minimum of a two-game suspension. Two games. Two games. Now, I want to make this very clear. I want to make this very clear. I don't think anyone knows anything. No. I think there's a lot of speculation that's going on. Uh, I think the NFL wants to get out, or what gets out the NFL wants it to get out. That's just that's me in my world. I don't think that there is any shocking news that's coming out of this from what Mike Florio has. I don't think Sue Robinson is is talking to anyone. Okay, can you read some of what he reported? Yeah, I've got it right here in front of me. So basically, the idea is there is a theory that if this is a year-long suspension, right, that they would take this to court and fight it. They would fight it in federal court. They would fight it as a federal lawsuit attacking a full-season suspension. But if it's four games or less. Right. 
Here's the interesting part. Nobody knows what Sue Robinson is thinking. There's no leak from Sue Robinson. She has no ties to the sports world, but everyone's going with reports like this. And again, I challenge you. I will do my best every single day on this show to dive into what's really being reported. Be more than a headline reader. Be more than a sheep being led around. Hopefully we can dive into this. Listen, as one source who has reviewed the material submitted last week by the parties to Sue Robinson told us on Monday, the final punishment most likely won't be one year. Again, that's not the person making the decision. That's allegedly a source who looked at it and that's his or her interpretation of what was given to Sue Robinson, who is looking at this with a whole different set of eyes or a mindset. And ultimately, what Sue Robinson suggests as a suspension is just that. Yep. The National Football League doesn't have to say, well, Sue Robinson told us we should suspend Deshaun Watson for four seasons, so we're suspending him for four seasons. Or she said we should suspend for one full season. The NFL can do whatever the heck it wants. Mm -hmm. I keep saying this. Sue Robinson is a public figurehead to try and say, hey, look over here. The NFL has always, has always been going to do whatever it wants. And it will continue in this situation to ultimately do whatever the heck it wants in terms of punishment. And here's the other part of it. I've done a complete 180. I do think it's going to be less. I do think it's going to be a short suspension because – What's the best way to make this all go away in the public's eye? Get him out there playing. Well, the first and foremost is the four outstanding lawsuits against him. Sure. Get those taken care of, and then just ultimately, yes, play football. Um, which gets us to big story number one. So um, we we talked about it. And y'all have absolutely no interest in it, but I still have to have it as big story number one because there is a lot to it. The Big 12 and the Pac-12, after the Big 12 initiated conversations with the Pac-12 with some sort of an agreement, then decided, yeah, we don't want to do a full merger, which was one of the three options the Pac-12 had presented to them. And I guess the Big 12 is getting good news on what its media deal might look like. The Pac-12 will continue to soldier on on its own. They'll fight off anyone trying to take their teams, as will the Big 12. And that's kind of where we are. The other part of this is that it looks like NBC is asking for in the neighborhood of a $75 million multimedia rights deal from NBC. Notre Dame is asking NBC. Who who did I say? Who did I say? NBC is asking NBC. Oh, I'm sorry. Notre Dame is asking NBC for $75 million. Though NBC asking itself for $75 million. Brilliant. That'd be something. Brilliant move. And the thought is that the Big 12 could help be a flanker to that. Greg Sankey, as we talked about from SEC Media Days, said no urgency for a potential move to add more teams, but also didn't shut it down. We'll take a break. We'll come back and do that quick around the horn from some guys that we haven't played yet from SEC Media Day. Next, at your top five stories today, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Ah, Plank Show rolls on. A final segment in studio for me. I'm heading over to the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club for Sooners Helping Sooners. After this TO? After this timeout. We'll be right back. No, I'm so you get to slide into this chair and I'll I'll be on the phones for this next segment. I just I had originally wanted to go over and do the show at the Jimmy today, but 
that's you know I got to break down all my equipment. <laughs> I got to show this afternoon. It just seemed like a lot. That yeah, was a lot. It was a lot. And you didn't really need to. You could still no, go over there. Plenty of time. Coach Gasso will be there. So my day is set. I'm very happy. John Wilner had an interesting comparison here. Whenever the Pac-12, Big 12 thing came out today, he said, "Quote: Two things equally true: the Pac-12 schools are together until they aren't. The Big 12 isn't as valuable to potential media partners." as the Pac-12 upheaval makes it appear. Now, again, that doesn't mean that the Pac-12 isn't worth more. Excuse me, the Big 12 isn't worth more than the Pac-12. It's just not going to be worth what it could potentially be worth prior to this craziness. It's not substantially, substantially more. And it also doesn't mean that the Big 12 is going to be picking off all these different schools from the Pac-12. Yeah. But again, that's a Pac-12 guy. That is a Pac-12 guy. That broke the USC-UCLA news. That's right. And it's funny because it all becomes regionality-wise, right? Pac-12 people are like, I don't understand this. Why are people burying the Pac-12 when we got this, this, and this? Big 12 people are like, we're burying it because we got this, this, and this. Right? I mean, it's just, that's really where the fight is right or now. Or Pac-12 and ACC people are like, who cares about the Big 12? And, right. You know, Big 12 fans around here are like, well, wait a second. I mean, we got a nice little collection of schools. By the way, Josh, I think that video we watched on Ric Flair, I think it may have been fake because Ric Flair just tweeted it. So he's okay? I think he might be okay. <laughs> no one attacks how the nature boy and gets now? away with it. All right, you want to play that game? You know how old Ric Flair is? Don't look. I'll, I'll, give, you, um, I'll give you two guesses. 72. Oh, boom. See, 73 years old. That was going to be my other guess. Made his debut in the ring in 1972. Ric Flair. I would have won on the 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 T row game. That's right. Was you would have been on. In within fact, three years. You were you were right on the dot. So there you go, Ric Flair. Okay. All right. Let me hit this real quick before I uh, get mobile on the show today. Round the horn from SEC Media Day. Recapping a little bit from yesterday. Brian Kelly was asked about Notre Dame, as you might imagine, and here's what the current LSU coach had to say. Certainly Notre Dame still is a coveted, you know, uh, university in terms of, you know, what conference would want them. You know, Jack Swarbrick knows what he's doing. He's got his, his ear to the ground. They're going to land into a good position no matter what they do, whether they stay independent or whether they go into the, you know, one of the other conferences. You know, Notre Dame can, can carry itself pretty good. Interesting from a guy who was there. And then he was asked about coaching in the South. I've gotten to to love where I'm at in, in Baton Rouge. I love the people. They love football. They love family. Uh, and they love food. And that fits me really well. So I guess I should have been in the South all along. Uh, and then a good question, because my big take on NIL has always been, all right, well, who gets the credit and who gets the blame in recruiting? If Brent Venables is battling with Texas A&M and the kid says, man, I want to go to Oklahoma – but Texas A&M is offering me hundred grand, or what? I'm just using that as a philosophical situation. And he says, and that's the reason I chose it was because of the cash. If that's the case, then can you really blame Brent Venables? I'm, and again, this is just hypothetically speaking. So Brian Kelly was asked, do you feel like you're getting outbid right now? I don't feel like we're being outbid uh, by anybody. Uh, I don't think that's the place of NIL uh, anyway. So if we were being outbid then we're going to be outbid if we have $50 million in our collective. So I don't feel hamstrung um, by that. 
I want to continue to educate uh, with NIL. Um, I want to be able to use the resources wisely uh, to help promote name, image, and likeness and, and, and have that available uh, for our student athletes um, when, when, when the time comes. Mean, I, I don't know what, the, what does any of that mean? I know, right? What, what did he just say? If we have $50 million, we're not going to be outbid. Oh, that's me. Sorry. Is that, that, is that person calling me again? No, we're good. Okay. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> don't know. Don't panic. It's okay. No, is, is she calling me back? That, that, was, was, a good that question. was the most word vomit I've ever heard. He's pretty good at that from what I've been told. He's Th- pretty there good was at it. no substance to anything he just said. Right. Um, I basically think he said, yeah, we're not going to get out of bed. Meanwhile, he's texting underneath the table. It's like, you guys better start raising more money. <laughs> right. we, have you seen uh, what A&M is doing? Here's what Lane Kiffin had to say about football, basically college football being professional sports. I'm sure other people said it. I said it day one. You legalize cheating, and so get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players. And now you have it. So it is what it is. And as far as a general manager to manage that, we aren't allowed in the current system to manage what they make. So um, so there isn't well, – we're not there yet. And I don't know that we ever will be. That's just what I said it should be because that's what any other – you know, professional sports, which is what we are now, does. Mm. See, okay, now no. here's a head coach that is saying something to you. Yeah, and, and he wasn't done. Say what other people don't say, as you know. So it's like a payroll, you know, in baseball. What teams win over a long period of time? Teams that have high payrolls and can pay players a lot. So um, we're in a situation not any different than that. Thank you, Lane, standing up for all of us Kansas City Royals fans out there. Now, he did, by the way, um, have this interesting perspective because we were talking about recruiting. Well, the boosters can decide who they're going to bend over backwards. I said that really quickly. Bend over backwards to try to pay and who they won't. If you got boosters out there deciding who they're going to pay to come play and the coach isn't involved in it, how's that work? I mean, they could just go pick who they want and pay them however much, and then are they going to tell you, the boosters going to tell you who to play to? And then when they don't play, how's that going to work out? So, again, this was not thought out at all, in my opinion, and has created a massive set of issues, um, which I think most, when people really thought about it, from a coach's standpoint, could have predicted this um, was going to happen. The good oh. news for the Texas Longhorns is that's probably already been taking place right. down there. Exactly. So they're used to it and the repercussions of five and seven from being told, you know, marching orders from the boosters on who to play and who not to play. One more here from Lane Kiffin. Coach's role be in that discussion. I mean, I think ideally if we're going to be in an NIL world and somehow you're going to do it right and it's going to get capped, you know, so that there's some way of controlling it and keeping – playing fields close to the same. Um, otherwise, you're just going to have these glaring differences within Division One football um, based off of their, what I've said before, their salary cap. I know that's not really the right word. Uh, and ideally, I would think that the coach should be part of managing that. That's, you know, how you would want it done. But I don't know if it'll be that way or whatever. So that's just how I would do. And that's based off of look what happens in – professional sports you know I think what would be interesting is if they would let coaches be more involved in deciding how this goes because Lane Kiffin's right 
I mean, he really truly is. Yeah, it's professional sports. It's professional sports. And every every program is going to need a Thad Turnip seat or somebody of that nature to help them. Uh, a Woody Glass are going to need dudes like this and, and women like this to try to help them better understand, all right, where are we financially with what we're doling out and what we can. It's just ridiculous. That's exactly what Kirk Ferentz has had a lot to say up at Iowa is – this is where this thing needs to arrive is just make college football a version of the National Football League. Just make it a version of the National Football League and have everybody play under similar circumstances. Quick break. When we come back, I'll be a little mobile. Josh will hit some of those Air Comfort Solutions text. I think there's a few good ones here we need to get to before we get out. And um, I'll head over to Sooners Helping Sooners. Talk to Patty Gass. We'll have all kinds of scoop for you guys tomorrow. Can't wait. It's a plank show. Back? We're back. We are back. Plank show. Beautiful. Uh, I am mobile. Isn't it nice now when you just have the whole studio to yourself? It is very nice. I uh, I am enjoying it. I should tell you real quick, this hour of the plank show, as always, is brought to us by our friends over at Roof Tech, give Josh Tucker and the crew a call over there, Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years, Josh Tucker and Roof Tech. They can take care of all your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. Let's hit up the text line before we get out of here. The Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Pierce, you want to scroll over you, there to the text line? Pull some what, of that up. What would you think of what Big Bad Wolf – I had the one that we didn't get to from Big Bad Wolf that I wanted to talk about. Did you see the numbers for USC? No. What what, what numbers? It's the fact that no one has – they're the most bet-on team to make the four-team playoff. What are their odds? I don't know. You guys have the Air Comfort Solutions text in front of you. I do not. <laughs> I want to say that it was. I want to say it was fairly substantial. Um, I want to say it was like something like thirty to one, maybe thirty-five, forty to one, which, in the whole grand scheme of things, is you know not too bad in the college football world. But yeah, I don't. I, I'm glad. Did you notice Todd Furman's tweet yesterday? I don't know if we got to it. In, and I, I hate talking about USC because. Anytime you bring up anything with USC, it's like, oh, gosh, can't, can't let it go. It's like, no, no, we've, we've let it go. Things just keep getting brought up that I think necessitate a response, like the whole Caleb Williams, Carl Williams thing. But the thing to me that, that stands out is people are starting to realize that, hey, you know, all these, these pieces are impressive, right? The Jordan Addison kid is very, very nice. Uh, he won the Valentinkoff last year. Obviously, Caleb Williams is a, is a talented quarterback who has, but we, I think, feel like it's pretty unlimited potential. We could go on and get a transfer in from Oregon. But, Josh, when you start looking at the beef for this team, it's, it's not all that. So you're starting to see people in the Vegas community that are wondering if, you know, all this preseason hype is really, really what it's boiled down to. But apparently that hasn't stopped the public when it comes to betting on USC. No, no, it hasn't. And I did see Furman's tweet. And good for him. He's starting to get on board as you you dig in a little bit deeper that, yeah, th- this is not a USC team that will be challenging to win a national championship. I actually, even in saying that, 
I don't know that that's the worst bet to bet on them to make the college football playoff because I could see them as a one-loss conference champion and then just get absolutely eviscerated in the playoff. Oh, so you actually think that they can make it into the playoffs? I I do, just because of the relative lack of strength of the Pac-12 conference. Now, to me, it'd have to be a -a score-a-thon for them, and they'd have to really – off the wings of Addison and Williams and uh, Williams squared and minus the strength of an offensive line, a defensive line, they'd have to go outscore people. But I don't think that's the craziest thing in a one-off scenario. If they get there with one loss in the Pac-12 championship game, that they could get that done. It's strictly like if you're giving me numbers at 25 or 30 to one to make the college football playoff, because of what the odds look like, I don't think it's the worst bet. Right. I probably wouldn't place it myself. But I can understand why the general public, I can get the fascination with it. Oh, absolutely. Because, again, you know, I I think when it comes to the the gambling public, that side of it, Josh, um, they're going to drill a little bit deeper now. You know, as we're getting closer, they're starting to look at values. And, it's like, and and again, I, I guess on that number, I don't know what it is for UFC officially. But as they, they're going to drill a little deeper, and they start realizing, huh, maybe this isn't all that it was cracked up to be with this team. And I kind of I kind of think that's what you're starting to see from some Vegas people. Regular batters that don't, you know, drill as deep, that are just infatuated. You know, what did we just see? Connecticut went over a billion dollars in mobile betting. You know, you get in, into those some of, uh, you know, Joe Public, if you will. I don't think they drill as deep and care as much about the trenches. I mean, Look at my partner on Sunday night, Arnie Spanier. He couldn't care less about the offensive line. Give him all the skill players. And, I mean, we, we understand the importance of it when it comes to protecting a quarterback. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me why you would see a lot of people that are throwing down money right now in USC. Yeah, well, Arnie can feel whatever he wants to feel about skill players. And you gotta have you got to have those guys. But we've seen right. that at Oklahoma, that Oklahoma's had some of the greatest skill guys – they had C.D. Lamb, C.D. Right. Lamb, Plank, and they yeah. had Kyler Murray playing quarterback, and guess what happened in the college football playoff? You, you, I'm not saying that you don't want those guys because guess what? We saw Jefferson and Jamar Chase and just that entire collection of LSU talent, and obviously we saw Burrow as the trigger man for that offense go win a national championship and – in large part, they did win a national championship because of what they were doing offensively. And, hey, Devontae Smith, right? I mean, you can you can find some examples offensively of skill guys that you can't just sit there and say that national championships weren't won because of those guys. But, look, man, you gotta be you got to be good on the offensive and defensive lines. I just think we've seen that. Well, but, but I also think, look, look at both of those lines for, US, for LSU and, and Alabama. And look at the defensive side of the football for both of those teams. Draft picks everywhere. Sure. I, mean, I want to say every single player on that LSU offensive line got drafted. Same for Alabama. I want to say on the defensive side of the football, you had a guy in Daryl Singley Jr. for LSU that went third overall. Uh, was Caleb Chasson? Wasn't he a first-round pick and went to Jacksonville? So, you know, in, in all of those, yeah, they had incredible offenses. They can score points. But they had balance. They had they had juice with, uh, with their defense. And they had good guys in the trenches. So I think you're starting to see – more people realize eh, that might not be the best pick out there. But if you're looking for value and you're you're looking for a ticket that you might feel pretty good about all season long, I'm with you, Josh. It's not a bad pick. 
not a bad pick at all. Two more before we hop to our final timeout here off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Oklahoma Johnny, I bet the Pac-12, ACC, and Big 12 would give a kidney to have the 12-team playoff and that billion-dollar pie back on the table now. The SEC and Big Ten hold all the cards to do whatever they want to, including doing their own thing with the playoff and not share any of that pie with the other conferences. And I want to be – I don't think the SEC and the Big Ten want to do that. But if they wanted to go Thanos and shut it all down, Josh, you know they absolutely could. And you know what? Absolutely. They have the they have the power within this thing, Plank, to basically set it up to where they can say, hey, if Oregon's a champion, they can come play in our playoff, or if Notre Dame is. I mean, that's not not really out of the realm of possibility. I know that sounds a little crazy. Certainly for Notre right. Dame, I think that would be a possibility as an independent to where the, the SEC or Big Ten could set it up to where, hey, Notre Dame can come play if they want to. But nobody else. Sorry for you guys. One, uh, one more here. Did you guys talk about Stanford Steve picking Dylan Gabriel to win the Heisman? Uh, oh, I did God. not see that. He's wrong on everything. Yeah, that's, that's probably bad news. Dude, I've never seen anyone get more famous with being wrong on everything in my life. As soon as that guy, he's like a mush. Have we not caught this yet? I'm glad he picked him. I'm glad people are noticing it. But to me, Josh, that's not good news. Oh, my gosh. Good luck, Dylan Gabriel. I hope you survive the Stanford Steve curse. The only person worse at picking things than that is Arnie, and that's that's pretty bad. Oh, gosh. Hey, um, I'm going to go MC. You guys have a great rest of the show, Josh, and we'll have a full uh, meal deal tomorrow. That'll be great. Can't wait to hear the recap, Plank. Uh, good luck to you out there. Hope your AC is fixed by the time we chat tomorrow. Me too. See you guys tomorrow. Josh and uh, Pierce, wrap it up next on the Home Sooner fans. Back with you. It's the Plank Show. One final time, Josh Elmer, alongside Pierce Leffelholtz. Real quick, clean up on the text line before we say adios and welcome in Steelman and Thune at noon. Let's see. You cannot get near 30-1 to for SC to make the playoffs. You guys are out to lunch. Yes, you are correct. That that makes sense. And I was mishearing a little bit what Plank had to say there. The idea that USC is the most popular bet to win the college football playoff, I think is taking money and chucking it out the window. Now, you know, relative to what that number looks like for USC to make, the college football playoff, I don't think is all that bad of a bet. If it's ten to one, fifteen to one, Pierce. I saw twenty-five to one or plus two thousand on two different sites that I looked at to make the college to football playoff. To make it, yeah, yeah. And this is let's see here. This report. This is from David Purdom, a pair of perennial powerhouses. This is on ESPN. A pair of perennial powerhouses in Alabama and Ohio State are attracting the bulk of the betting action around the nation. But the story is a little different at one Las Vegas sports book where more money has been bet on USC to win the college football playoff than on any other team. Ed Sammons, the veteran odds maker for the Superbook at Westgate Las Vegas, said of the new-look Trojans, quote, America's team, they're 
our biggest loser in the futures book. End quote. USC's national title odds have shrunk from 40 to 1 to 25 to 1 at the Westgate Superbook. So right now, at least according to Westgate, 25 to 1 on USC to win the national championship, which again, grab your big bag of cash that you found at the end of the uh, rainbow with the leprechauns and just chuck it out the window because I got news for you. USC ain't winning a national championship in 2022. Yeah, I feel Not like there's got to be like more information to like maybe there's like one person put on like a lot of money on USC or something like that. I, I just I can't fathom that many people all agreeing that USC is going to win it all. Yeah, it could be a couple of big betters. Yeah, that came in and tossed some serious cash on USC to go win the national championship. That's that's a pretty substantial move though 40 to 40 to 1 to 25 to 1 regardless whatever number you're looking at for the college football playoff I could see that for USC as one loss Pac-12 champion get into the playoff and then again as I said with Plank absolutely get absolutely get eviscerated no chance no chance they do anything all right no not not in the college football playoff I could see them get there and I could see them you know score some points or this or that, but, man, they get into the playoff, they're going to get destroyed. In my opinion, I don't think they're making it even close to the playoff, but I could see why you say they're getting close, at least. I just I just don't have any faith in any of that roster. When you have that much talent, it's it seems like it would be good, but the chemistry needs to be there. I hear you. I don't think they're going to the playoff either. Like I said, I'm not picking them, but I can at least entertain why you could get – pulled in and intrigued by the odds portion of it based on really my lack of respect for the rest of the Pac-12 conference more than anything else. Oregon might be all right. Oregon, Utah, okay, sure, but USC could outscore them. That's it for us. That's it for us. We'll roll over these conversations into tomorrow. We didn't even touch on Joe Castiglione sounding off on basically saying, yeah, we think 2025 to leave the league, but we got to get out of here. I'm out of time, unfortunately. Steel Man and Thune at noon is next for Plank, for Pierce. Everybody have a great uh, rest of your day. So long.